It had been 400 years. And some of us had begun to believe that God had forgotten about us. But one night, he came. And not as a king, not as a warrior, our savior, our messiah, he came in the most unexpected way, as a child. Christmas time is a time for wish lists, right? Kids have been working on them weeks and weeks in advance. Students, you have learned you have to pare down your wish lists because they're usually more expensive. You know, they have that I in front of them. And adults, we still have wish lists, right? We don't always write them down. I mean, some of the weird ones do. Yes, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we have them, right? These desires and longings. What are you hoping for right now? What are you longing for? Maybe it's a promotion. Maybe it's just some time off at the end of this year to unwind. This is a time where we usually see a lot of people we don't see during the year. So maybe it's a reconciled relationship or at least one where you can stand to be in the same room with that person, it's okay. Maybe it's a longing to have a deeper connection with God. All of these desires and longings originate with God. So what does it look like to, to take that step forward? Because God works through willing people. My name is Ciara Hall, and I am the discipleship pastor here. And about six years ago, for me, right around this time, it started with this feeling of unrest. Everything really was, was going great. We were plodding along. I had a successful small business. My husband was in the technology sector. Our kids were flourishing in school. But there was just this, something more was needed, something deeper or different. And so, like a dummy, I started praying for spiritual pruning. Spiritual pruning. You might be familiar more with that word pruning in gardening, right? That's where we cut off branches of a tree. Uh, some of them are alive. Some of them are dead. Whatever they are, they're holding the tree back from producing as much as it can. And once it's pruned, it's able to give more flowers, more fruit, that process for spiritual pruning is the same. And so I borrowed that word from my grandma Katie, dummy, because who asked for something hard like that to be done in our lives? But that was really the point that I had gotten to, to be able to want to go deeper with him, to cut away things that weren't bringing him glory so that I could step into God's best for me. And as I sat in that space, it started to feel like I needed to close my business. And it did not make any sense whatsoever. 
But the more that I sat in the willingness to see what that would look like, the more peace that I got with it. And so I took that scary, unknown step. I handed all, my colleague, or all of my clients over to a colleague. I closed up shop. And I believed that God would be there, that God would lead in that. And you know, within the next year, two significant things happened. One was the executive pastor at our church took a job across the country and moved. And I had been playing a small part-time role as an admin, and I was asked to step up into more responsibility and operations of the church. And my husband started pursuing what it would look like to change careers after 20 years. I was positioned, I was able to say yes to both of those things because I had already, in my pruning process, been willing to close my business down and free up all of this extra time. It was kind of like God had a plan. I don't know. But it was totally unexpected to me, right? And in this Christmas season, that's, we've been in a series called Just That, Unexpected. We've had this chance to look at the people involved in the story of Christmas. How after 400 years of silence, God broke through and remembered his people and acted. We saw with Zechariah how his silence doesn't mean his absence. We saw with Elizabeth how he brings hope from despair. And last week we saw with Joseph how he leads us even though we don't fully understand. This week we get to look at how he works through willing people. Those people who are willing to act or obey or listen or move to what he's doing in the world. And I am super excited to get to share with you the story of Mary Maybe you've been waiting this whole December to when we were going to get to her story. <laughs> Maybe you already have a preconceived notion of who Mary is. We see her a lot in nativity scenes all around this time of year. And in Tucson, we also get to see her in those little roadside shrines everywhere. Maybe you think that she is this reverential, soft lady. We always see her doting over the baby Jesus. But she's courageous, and I'm excited to jump into her story together. So I'm going to ask you guys to open your Bibles, the ones that we've provided for you. It's going to be on page 698. We're going to be looking in Luke, the Gospel of Luke. And Luke put together this account from a myriad of sources, everything from speeches and letters to eyewitness accounts and even trial transcripts. And his purpose was to put together a succinct telling of Jesus' life, his ministry, his death, and his resurrection. So we're going to start here in chapter 1, verse 26. He says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to a town in Galilee. I love here how he has to give us a note. Nazareth was not a well-known town. It was teeny tiny. Like, think you have to drive 50 miles to get to the nearest Walmart kind of tiny town, okay? So he gives us this reference that it's in Galilee. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, 
The girl's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, scholars and historians believe that Mary's age was around 13 to 16 years old. And just to help let that picture sink in a little bit, I wanted to share a picture of my 13-year-old daughter, Dee. (sighs) To be fair, this was just before she turned 13, but still, you get the idea, right? We're talking little. (laughs) Can you imagine with me someone like this raising the Son of the Most High, a king who would reign forever once he was out of diapers? And to be honest, this picture is a little scary for me. This is not Dee's baby. <laughs> this is a family's friend. Or, or Yeah, whatever. You get it. <laughs> but uh, this would have been the norm in the culture at the time. So, so they lived very different than we did, right? But what blows my mind is that God could have chosen any way to come. Right? We're told in the beginning that he created just with his spoken word. But he chooses to come as a small baby through a little curl that only has 13 years life experience. What an unexpected God. I love back in verse 29, we see she wondered what kind of greeting this might be. <laughs> we already see, see that she's like thinking and pondering through all of this, right? I, I imagine I would have stood there and, and just been like, no, right? In disbelief. How do you think that you would have responded? What would you have said? What would you have thought? So she asks, she says, how will this be? Going on in verse 34, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. Look at the practicality of this question. It's not, it's not really one of doubt, like a king, reign forever, really. She just wants to know how it's going to happen. And the angel answers her, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she, who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. He explains how it's going to happen, and she accepts, saying, may your word to me be fulfilled. Think of the courage that it took 
to make this move, to consent to this. Remember, Mary was from a small town. Anybody here from a small town? Everybody knows everybody's business, right? There was going to be talk. And she was going to have to explain to Joseph that she is pregnant. He knows that it's not his. How does that conversation go? By the way, I'm pregnant. No, no, no. It's not from Bobby down the street. This is from the Holy Spirit who, remember, hasn't shown up in six to eight generations of families. That's courage. She was willing. She was willing to live in her society, even though they may cast shame on her because they questioned her integrity. She was willing to explain to Joseph, even though he may publicly divorce her. You see, then the the word marriage for them was already legally done. They were bound together. There just hadn't been a ceremony or a consummation yet. So in order to get out of it, it was a divorce. And by Jewish law, she could be stoned to death for adultery. So it's pretty serious. She was willing to live in this small town, knowing her son might be ostracized. Her husband might be made fun of for staying with her. Can you imagine the courage that would take? And even more than this, even more, Mary would have understood these words of throne, of reign, and of kingdom to been fighting words against the Roman rule and the Jewish puppet king of the day. These would have been treasonous statements because she would have believed that Messiah was coming. And the Jewish people were longing for Messiah. If you don't know the rest of the story, Jesus is the unexpected Messiah who does unexpected things. If you don't know it, I encourage you to read through the rest of Luke on your own the rest of this year to see he continually disrupts power systems and religious leaders and the hypocrisies of the day, totally changing the status quo. But Mary had courage to believe, to believe that no word from God would ever fail because God works through willing people. You see, God knew Mary's name. He knew her heart. And I think that some of us here today need to know that he knows our name. He knows your name. That God would choose to work through Mary really says more about who he is than it does about Mary. Because Mary would have been somebody in society that that people really wouldn't have thought twice about. So you can be a no-name from a no-name town, and it doesn't matter to God. Out of the seven billion people on this planet, he knows your name. Because he knew Mary's name, he came to her. Because he knows my name, 
He's come to me with hard choices. What is he coming to you with? We see that he works through unexpected people who are willing to do unexpected things. Now here we see Mary saying yes, and then she hurries off to Elizabeth's house. The angel told Mary of Elizabeth, her cousin's pregnancy, and immediately she rushes off there. And when the two women meet, well, if you guys didn't hear that story, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to it. It is so awesome. It was two weeks ago. <laughs> so when they, when they first meet, Elizabeth says to her, you know, confirms her pregnancy and blesses her. And I absolutely love this picture of our unexpected God. The first people who knew Messiah was coming was an old, barren woman and a young teenage girl. If that isn't unexpected, I, I you know, I give up. I can't tell you more. <laughs> but he broke the silence of 400 years in that unexpected way. Now for me, God started working and tearing down these beliefs that I needed to have money or status to be happy. You see, my husband made a lot of money in IT. And we were used to a certain lifestyle. But he was slowly dying behind a computer every day. He hated it. And he had for a long time. And we started talking about what these scary next steps would look like. And I remember one Sunday morning being in church. I'm, do you ever have these powerful moments where I remember the chair that I sat in, I remember the clothes that I was wearing, I remember the song that was playing, right? And these words, these questions just popped into my mind of who was I trying to keep up with? Who was I trying to impress? And what mattered the most? Because that answer was my husband and our family, I knew that we were going to be changing careers. I knew that if he came back, he had this desire to become a firefighter. And I knew if he came back and said that he wanted to do that again, because we'd been through this a couple iterations by now, that I was going to be willing to say yes. And we were going to step out into that that place where it's, it's scary, but it's exciting, right? We knew that God was going to lead us. We knew that God was going to provide for us. We just didn't know how. So upon this confirmation, Mary speaks out a response to what God's doing in her life. Let's look in verse 46. It says, and Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. She's enjoying and reveling in God. She's taking the focus off of her and pointing it on him. She goes on and says, His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. 
He has performed mighty deeds with his arm, and he has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He's brought down rulers from their thrones, but lifted up the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things, but sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. She announces justice for the bottom of society, a complete reversal for the powers that be of the time. She would be considered a very dangerous girl because she believed that he would overthrow the, the corruption and the establishments of the day. Remember we said treason. These were treasonous words. And to be fair, all of the Jewish people were longing for this, for Messiah to come and free them from Rome. They just didn't announce it on the streets like Mary. This is not a quiet, subdued mother of God. <laughs> no, she believes that God is willing or works through people who are willing. This very, this very first Christmas, oh, it would have been filled with power and hope, especially for the lowest of society, right? For the, the humble to be lifted and the hungry to be fed. She's proclaiming help for God's people. I hope that you see the nativity scene completely different from this time forward. Mary was courageous to move into what God had for her. She believed him. Can you believe him? Can you believe that no word from God will ever fail? One of the biggest promises of God that we see all through his written word is that he promises to never leave us, to be with us. So can you believe that God is with you? That God is with you in the financial crisis or the crushing debt that you have? Can you believe that God is with you in the, the health issues or the diagnosis that you have? Can you believe that he is with you in the broken and messy relationships? Can you believe that God is with you when you've lost someone that you love? In the darkness and the loneliness of the night, God is with you. Can you believe that? Can you have courage Belief for me and my husband meant that courage to change careers in our late 30s. <laughs> Saying yes looked like enrolling in night school. It looked like getting out of our grand big house. Saying yes looked like selling our stuff and figuring out how to cut down our living expenses. God has worked in mighty ways within that. Sean is a light in the fire service. He loves his job. 
And that kind of makes them a light at home, too. <laughs> when you're happy at work, you're happy at home. <laughs> but he's had the chance to work with people who want to change careers midstream or who are trying to get into the fire department. And my role, my role at church, it has grown so much to the point that I get to stand here today in front of you and share the word of God. Like it gives me the goosebumps <laughs> to think of that. Like this was totally unexpected. When I was willing back then to close down my business, I would have never guessed this moment here today. That is an incredible God, an unexpected God who works through unexpected people in unexpected ways. But all the way, just like Mary, I believed God. I believed and trusted him to lead us, even in the silence. So can you be willing to believe today? And believe. It is such a hijacked word at Christmas, isn't it? It's believe this tale, or that elf, or the miracle of a new house. But it never hits that core belief that no word from God will ever fail. That's the magic of Christmas. That God chose to come to us like us as a baby to prove he is with us and he keeps his promises So take courage with me today as I follow Mary's courage. He has done great things. He continues to do great things, and he works through willing people. Can you be like Mary? Can you say to, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled so how does that, how do we do that? How do we start to be that person? How do we open up to this willingness? And I would say it starts with saying yes. To say yes. What, where are the places you're willing to say yes to God? Maybe that's yes for the very first time. Maybe you have a desire to be loved and known by God. He's been pursuing your heart. He wants you to say yes. And his promise is that he will give you new life. He will start walking with you and transforming you. Saying yes for you might be turning back to him. Maybe you've been away for a long time. Maybe you haven't been at church, or, or maybe you've been here, but sometimes you zone out. It's okay. <laughs> but saying yes to him again, to have that deeper relationship and that deeper connection, he promises to draw near and to be with you. Maybe saying yes is just a willingness. Is that a job or a career change? Does that mean moving? Maybe that means taking the first step 
in a broken relationship or starting to get finances under control? What's that one step? Sometimes we just need to be willing to be willing, right? Just to have that talk with God, to say, I want that on my heart. It's not there now. Show me. And he promises to listen and to act. Maybe I haven't said what your yes is. Maybe you have it in your mind already. One of the things that I want to ask you guys to do is pull out your connection card. You should have all gotten one on your way in. Looks like this. And I'm actually, I'm going to ask Jerry to come out for a minute as well. It takes courage to say it out loud, or in our case, to write it down. It takes courage to bring it out of our head or out of our heart in saying yes. But I want us to be courageous. And so I'm going to ask that we all just take this minute right now that we write down what we're saying yes to. Maybe it was one of the things I've already said. Maybe you have something in your mind already. I'm just going to give us the space to do that right now. If you don't have a connection card or you weren't sure what to write yet, there's going to be some more out at the tables on your way out. I want to encourage you to take that time to figure out what one yes could be today. I just wanted to share mine with you. Uh, For me, it's saying yes to working with families within the fire service. We've seen a huge need there. We don't know what it looks like, but we're trying to step into that space and, uh, and see what God has for us in that and making a difference, um, making a difference there for Jesus. I want to ask you guys to put your connection cards in those offering boxes on your way out so our leadership team can be praying through your willingness this Christmas season. And I'd love just to close us in prayer. Father God, you are a God who remembers, who acts and moves within your people. Thank you that you care for us. Thank you that you know each of us by name. Thank you for all the examples through your word of people just like Mary who were courageous, who were willing to say yes to make our world different. 
Father, I pray for each one of us today that we can experience you in this season, that we can experience you in an unexpected way. Give us the eyes to see how you are working in our lives and the willingness to say yes. Father, thank you that you are faithful to walk beside us and to move with us. Give us courage. Give us boldness. Help us to be expectant. Expectant for God with us. It is in your holy and precious Son's name, Jesus, that we pray today. Amen.